Hey friends, welcome to episode 90 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Swift, and I am so thankful that you are listening in today. I am excited about today's show. I have my friend with me, Patty Garibay, and let me tell you, I wanted to have her on the show last year, and I grabbed her card when I was at the NRB convention, and I had it in my purse, and I was on my way to work one day, and my purse fell over, and her card fell out. Now, I had this card in my purse for a year, and it fell out, so I'm like, okay, Lord, that's your confirmation. You want Patty on the show, and what a story Patty is going to tell us. She was formerly a Girl Scout leader for 12 years, and she was passionate about it, loved it so much. But then something changed in 1993 that totally changed the trajectory of Patty's life and God called her to something new because of an agenda that she discovered that she wasn't okay with. And we're going to hear all about that. And I want to also mention that Fierce Calling is part of the Spark Network and we can be found on the Edify app. So you can download the Edify app, E-D-I-F-I, for free at the Apple or Google Play stores. And so check that out, friend, for other amazing Christian podcasts. So the show today is about taking a stand for God, even in the face of opposition. And what Patty has to say will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Patty Garibay. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have my friend Patty Garibay on with me. For more than two decades, she has been at the forefront of countering the culture by leading girls and women to creating lives of integrity. She's the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls, a national Christ-centered leadership and character development program. She's also the host of Raising Godly Girls. It's a daily one-minute radio feature found on thousands of radio stations across the nation. And also the author of Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle, which is a story of trust and obedience to inspire those who desire to make kingdom impact yet struggle with fear of inadequacy, which I think we can all relate to, Patty. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So great to have you. Oh, it's good to be with you, Doris. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, when I heard about your availability to be able to be interviewed on Fierce Calling, I was excited because we had an American Heritage Girl chapter that met, at, or troop, however you would call that, that met at our church. And um, so I was kind of familiar with it. And this is a really fierce calling for girls, so important for young girls. So Patty, I would love if you would tell us a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> we can talk about our fierce calling and what an opportunity. Yes, it was about 1993 um, when my fierce calling, I guess, occurred in my life. And that was when I was raising my children. My kids were, um, I have four children, three daughters and a son, and um, they were in their formative years, you know, they were in their young teens and um, it was middle-aged school time. And I was very much involved in the Girl Scouts. As a matter of fact, I led three troops at one time because of my, each of my daughters wanted me to be their leader. And um, I was sort of crazy that way. And I just love Girl Scouting. I loved it um, for the way that scouting methods were used, you know, how to earn badges and able to set goals and be in the outdoors and all those fun things. And, and my mom had been my leader 
And so it had been like a legacy in our family. And I couldn't wait when I had daughters and the Lord blessed me with these daughters that I could be a Girl Scout leader. I was one of those rare people that really wanted to do this her whole life. (laughs) In my past, I had been an educator. And so this stuff just came really easy to me. And I love children, particularly girls. Um, And I just knew that they needed to know the way they should go at a young age. My book really talks about how I was raised. And it was a difficult childhood. My father was chronically disabled and my mother um, unfortunately found her solace in the bottle. And so um, I was raised by an alcoholic mom and a disabled dad and a very dysfunctional family. And so for me, um, when it was when it was time for me to have children and, and to raise these these kids, I had found the Lord. I was not raised a Christian. I was raised in a in a faith that, um, of course, went to, went to church every Sunday, but I didn't understand what a relationship with Christ was really like. And I had made many mistakes in my life. And I often felt like, how could God ask me to do something for his kingdom when I was just such a hot mess? And I didn't, I didn't have a great girlhood. And, I, and that's the very reason why he called me into it, right? Our fierce callings often come from those inadequate areas of our life where we're like, this, something's got to be better for our children or for, for the next generation. And And so I really got a passion around raising up girls in the way they should go. And I was using Girl Scouts in that in that way. And I was able to share the gospel um, with the girls in my troop. I had large troops. Um, Girls just were really attracted to be into those troops that we led. And um, it was an exciting time until 1993. And, And that's when the Girl Scouts had made a decision to change the Girl Scout promise to no longer mandate an oath to God. Now, this might sound like no big deal to some of the listeners, but really it was big because it was a philosophical change. I mean, the whole the whole tenets of the Girl Scouts were founded on God. Julia Gordon Lowe was a daily Bible reader, and she wanted uh, this program to be um, reflective of Christian values. However, in 1993, as I mentioned, the people that were running the Girl Scouts at the time, people such as Betty Friedan, who um, started the NOW, the National Organization for Women, and you had Janet Reno. These people were on their national board of trustees, and they were really pushing the direction, and mission drift was inevitable. And here they decided to make this change, and this change is a result of the change. I mean, when you kick God out of a program, you know, secular humanism is, is right around the corner, moral relativism, and then you've got, you know, relationships with Planned Parenthood, you've got relationships um, with LGBT communities, all of this falls because it is, you know, it is a secular humanist program now. And so that was very disheartening. I attempted to make change. I, I'm not one of these people just to complain, but rather make the positive change. And I attempted to make change within the Girl Scouts, but it didn't, it, to no avail. Within a year, I had realized, boy, this snowball had been going down this hill far too long. Um, they were not going to come back to their senses and understand who they were really who they were really affecting. And so even though I was a busy mom with four kids and and my husband traveled in his job, somehow the Lord said, you need to do something about this. And you're able to do this. Look at all the years you've done Girl Scouting. Look at your education um, that you have in educating kids. You can write curricula. And I... I'll tell you, Doris, I thought this thing would last for four years while my daughter, my third daughter, and I'm a third daughter, would get through her formative years. You know, I was going to pull her out of Girl Scouts, but what in the world was I going to put her in? I mean, I couldn't just take that away from her. And so here we are. Now that daughter's daughter 
is in American Heritage Girls. And that is a testimony to God's faithfulness that when he calls you and you do not feel equipped, he doesn't just call the equipped, he equips the call. Wow, that is such a powerful story. And I love going back to where you were talking about how oftentimes our fears calling or where God will call us to is a place that maybe was representative of a brokenness in our past in things that maybe we lacked or weren't able to have or accomplish because of circumstances at that time and that we can be used for change and for kingdom work. And then also how you were talking about the changes that you saw coming about in the Girl Scouts where they basically took God out. And it just is just resonates with what's going on in our country, the entire country, even mm-hmm. down to the important places where our kids are going and being taught and learning and God is being taken out. And it wasn't any small thing. And you recognize that and you were faithful to say, you know what? No, <laughs> nope. This is not good. This is not right. And I always love going to, because Savannah's where uh, Juliet Gordon Lowe's house is, right? She grew up there. So I always loved, you know, going Mm -hmm. to Savannah and seeing that and thought, oh, that is so cool. You know, the Girl Scouts and everything. But God so equipped you for this venture that you had no, actually adventure, that you had no idea what was on the horizon. So so what happened when you started with this whole thing? Because I, I know you, you said that it was while your girls were young and you thought it was only going to be until your, your third daughter was kind of like older and moved out of the age where they would actually be in scouting and, and in these kind of groups. So what happened after that? Well, it was literally moms around a kitchen table. And it was my kitchen table where we're like, first, we had to like grieve the loss of of the Girl Scouts. We had all been Girl Scout leaders. And we knew we couldn't go back. And we were also stirring up enough awareness and quote trouble, I guess, according to the Girl Scouts, that they had released us from our volunteer roles. So we were, we were um, <laughs> women, rebels with a cause. <laughs> and um, we, we started to say, you know, we asked, we brought the girls in and we said, what kind of badges would you like to work on? That's the very basic thing. You know, what, what do you want? What kind of activities do you want? And what did you like about Girl Scouts and what did you not like? And so they started, the girls really started to even design the uniform and they would talk about what they didn't like about the Girl Scout uniform, what they wanted with this new organization. And then we started to write badges and of course the first one they wanted was horseback riding and then we as moms are like well hey you need uniforms you're gonna have to learn how to sew so we're gonna have to have a sewing badge and uh so it it just sort of cropped up really um you know almost organically um from what the girls had remembered taking the cream of that program the best memories and then creating a christ center saturated program from a biblical worldview that the girls could have these fun methods of scouting, you know, the out of doors, the camping, the, the badges, the what we call level awards, which they set goals for and they're able to achieve in the service projects. Those are all part of this Christ-centered program. And what, what we just realized is that we just don't, you know, we didn't even think about liability, <laughs> needless to say, Doris, at that day and age, we were like, we're just going to have some fun. And then we tried to get some insurance and nobody would insure us because they thought we were crazy. 
are you kidding? You're, you're doing really high risk things here. You, you need to have health and safety measures. You need to. So the Lord brought these different resources and they were in the form of people um, that would say, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, have you thought about becoming a nonprofit? Hey, have you thought about, you know, what, what does this look like to keep girls safe? And how are you going to start to ensure that the Christ-centered focus does not go the way of the Girl Scouts? That was the very first question out of everybody's mouth is how are you going to protect this ministry to always be the way it should be rather than what happened to the Girl Scouts? And so what we came upon was looking at the, a model of chartering where a church says, like your church, Doris, said, you know what, I would like this discipleship program in my church for the girls in the church and also as an outreach for families. And that is what we do as we come alongside the church who says, I really would like to minister to girls ages five to 18. And now we have since our relationship with the Boy Scouts of America, we were their partners in 2013, dissolved due to their change in membership standards. We helped to start a program called Trail Life USA. So when you have Trail Life USA and American Heritage Girls together at the church the same night, you really have family ministry. And it is a beautiful thing. And to see these families coming together to help each other really raise up these kids in the way they should go. As you know, Doris, it is not an easy task these days to raise kids. And we need all the arrows we can possibly gather in our quiver um, to help them be able to manage this crazy world that we live in. Amen. How amazing the way God puts people in our lives and people with different backgrounds and ways that they've gained wisdom over the years and have been equipped to do what they were called to do, which is speak into your ministry that was being developed and just to think about maybe those angles and avenues that you might not have thought of and the thing about the charter and that was really wisdom from the Lord. It's like, how, how do we write this so that it's not going to fall into the hands of someone who might want to take God out of it, you know, because I love how you said it was Christ-centered, saturated, Mm -hmm. and that is so important. You know, everybody wants to just, in the world, just take God out of everything, which, you know, makes no sense. But anyway, so Patty, that was so amazing. And when you just said it was just a bunch of moms sitting around a table, it's like, Watch out, you know, when we have passionate moms sitting around a table, no telling what's going to come out of that. So Mm, it really was exciting times. And it was such a time of growth for each of those moms too, um, to really hone in on the voice of God. Um, This was scary stuff, especially when we were fighting the Girl Scouts. I mean, you know, people would call you names and reporters would call you Don Quixote. And what do you think you're doing? You know, I'm battling with windmills. I mean, this is the Girl Scouts USA. And people didn't know what they were up to. And boy, is it crazy, you know. And so when you start to mess in that, it becomes very much a spiritual battle. And your armor has got to be very, very shiny and um, in, in great shape. And that is you've got to be in the word. You've got to be in your devotions. You've got to be praying to the Lord and, and discerning his voice with almost every decision you make. I mean, it, now that this ministry is as big as it is, those decisions are there. They really can affect a whole lot of girls. And so we are um, we are in a really great place right now. American Heritage Girls with our Raising Godly Girl Minute in our blog, we are tackling those hard issues that so many families are facing and may not want to have to deal with, but we have to deal with it. 
And so we, we are now talking a lot about girls' identity. We're talking a lot about gender identity. We talk about loneliness and anxiety that has just been at an all-time high since COVID and all of the screen time that has taken place of real relationships. And we're, we're trying to combat that and help these girls navigate and, and let them know that they are not waiting on the sidelines to engage. They need to engage now. Um, I truly believe the hand that rocks the cradle does rule the nation and that if we can raise up a remnant of strong Christ-centered women that are willing to stand for what is right and willing to put that elbow grease in the get her done. And that's what a fierce calling does. You know, we pray every, I pray every day for the Lord, not to take that fire in my belly, that fierce calling from me, because when he has given me that, he knew exactly what he was giving me. It was unique to me. I was supposed to do this. Now I'm not the only one doing it. People are coming all around me and supporting and, and they then are being called in their ways. And it becomes that Ephesians moment where we're all part of the body, but we each have a separate unifying task that helps to get it done. And that is the beauty of the kingdom of God. I just, it's exciting to be part of it. Amen. Probably weren't that surprised about all the opposition, I would imagine. <laughs> no, we were well aware that this would stir the powder keg and we still end up being there once in a while because you know what? This world is, is not of, of uh, for us. You know, we are we are waiting for the, the our heavenly realm the, where we will finally reside. And so we've got to be ready. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. This world is, is not of, of uh, for us. You know, we are we are waiting for the, the our heavenly realm the, where we will finally reside. And so we've got to be ready. I think for so we've been so what shall I say, nurtured. And it's been sort of easy to be a Christian in the past. It's getting more and more difficult, Doris. And we've got to be able to explain why we, why we, why we believe what we believe. I think our, our faith has to be our faith. And we really are encouraging the girls for their faith to be their faith, not their parents' faith. That's not going to, that's not going to go through the battle well. You know, it's got to be your faith. You've got to be, have and own those different, the armor of God. You've got to put it on yourself and you've got to be able to, to handle that. And I think it's not going to get any better I, as far as easier. It's going to get better in that you'll be following God's will and be right in his will. And he will protect and he will, he will, he's faithful. He never stops loving us. And so we, we've got to be, I think, prepared. It, it's to me, it's a, it's a preparatory moment right now. I, I just sense something, you know, I've been doing this for 27 years and to see the culture degrade to the degree that it has and how quickly in those 27 years, whoa, um, someone asked me the other day, what have you seen different? And I'm like, well, the big issue was body image for girls back then. It still is an issue, no question about it. But now it's the very nature, the very creation of the girl that's being questioned. And, and that's really scary. And we know where that comes from. That is not from our Lord. That is from the adversary. Yep. The enemy is after our identity, you know, who we are in Christ. And, and I love that you were talking about how it's so important for girls to know that no matter their age, that what is happening right now, they have a voice and God wants to use them for kingdom work too. 
no matter how old they are or young they are, and that they would have their own faith because that's introducing them to apologetics and just such important things that they're learning. And it's not just about, you know, the badges are so important, but they're not just to earn a reward or an award. It's actually based in, bathed in prayer and biblical truth. Right, Patty? That's absolutely right. This is so neat because we sort of take the Sunday school model off the shelf and we're living it. We're living it day to day, right? So they're learning about a skill that they might need just to navigate life in the future. And, you know, we've got excellent badges such as um, biblical femininity is one, identity badge. All of this is saturated, of course, with the biblical worldview and Christ-centeredness. But even things, when you, when you talk about aviation, a badge like aviation. Now, we talk about the Baroli um, principle, and, and we talk about biomimicry and how the Lord created birds, and that is how we are able to have the aerodynamics for aviation, you know, mm-hmm. to tie it all back into him. And it's, it's so cool to see that when the light bulb goes off to these girls, that they're not putting their faith on that shelf for Sunday morning only, but this is a living, exciting faith that the Lord has given us. He has given us a Bible that has all the antidotes, all the, all the reasons why, and, and able to solve all the problems of the world if we would only read it and listen to his word and trust in it. And so the girls are seeing this and they're now saying, gosh, this makes sense. This is relevant to my life. This is not something that I just put in a corner and I pull it out here and there. I'm living my faith and I see how it all ties together. And I see how it's important now to choose the right friends, you know, because they're my influencers now. And there's just so much to this. It's exciting to to talk about, but I I encourage uh, your listeners to visit our website, AmericanHeritageGirls.org to really learn more about the program itself, because it has transformed so many girls over the many years. And to be able to see the fruits of the labor um, that all these volunteers in the field are, are, are placing into these girls, it's just been a really, really neat experience. And moreover, it's eternally impactful. And when you're picking extracurriculars for your kids, to me, that is a really important piece is, is this time invested? just to be better at a sport or is it time invested that will help her on her road to eternity? So important that things have an eternal purpose in our lives. And, and I love that. And it it was really amazing and eye-opening to me when I realized how involved the church actually is in coming around the American Heritage Girls and, you know, how it works in the church. Because it isn't just the church loaning out a space for a group to meet. It's a, it's a collaboration. It's a relationship, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize because we have allowed other community groups to use the church facility for different things, but this was different. So how has that been Patty? And how does that begin? Like the relationship with the church, if someone wanted to start, you know, that in their own church. Mm -hmm. Right. It is. It is so critical. A matter of fact, the churches, which we call our charter partners, they are our voting members of our board of trustees. So if there would ever be a bylaw change or a change to our mission statement or anything of this magnitude, such as the Girl Scouts did with that promise, that was a big deal. It would have to go to all of our charter representatives, which are all the church people that they've identified as this is our liaison for the American Heritage Girl Troop. And this is somebody that's in your church, you know, that's an employee of your church. And they become a part of of the troop board. 
and they're able to help with the direction and they can approve whatever the, the troop is wanting to do. They can say yes to or no to, or, hey, we need a service project at the church. We love the girls to, you know, maintain this garden or, you know, if there's a Stars and Stripes project, which is for the oldest girls, they often will do this for their church that has partnered with them in this discipleship program. So this is this is a, a gift to the church. And this is a, a great way also to um, gain members membership for the church because people want Amer- want to be an American Heritage Girls, it is more common that troops are full than the troops are empty. <laughs> so there are so many p- families wanting something and the hunger is only rising as I believe as our as our culture degrades and continues to degrade, we're going to see more and more this this hunger for, for wholesomeness and for good stuff and good good activities for kids. And so we see an amazing growth pattern and Honestly, we have more girls than we do troops. So yes, um, to start a troop, it's easy to find that right on the webpage too. Um, it's, it's a group of ladies and, and or gentlemen who would like to create a board of, of five people that say, I am going to be dedicated to giving this my very best. And we're going to minister to girls and we're going to have a great framework um, for these girls to adult into. And that is the framework of the American Heritage Girl Program. And of course, we offer training and conferences and all the things that you would imagine that you would need to be successful at this, but also to be able to grow as adults in our spiritual walk and to grow closer to the Lord. And we can do that in community. And that's what we're called to do in addition to the church is to be with like-minded people. And so the, the troop itself becomes this living, loving group of people. I mean, I, I just was with somebody uh, this weekend who had adopted uh, the mother of a girl that was disabled, had passed away. She had been an HD troop leader. Another troop leader adopted that young girl. Um, and there they were at this event. And I'm like, now that's the kind of love that happens in the American Heritage Girl family because we are sisters. We're in the sisterhood, right? And and that's a beautiful thing when you can also share your faith. Such a beautiful thing. What a beautiful movement, ministry. It, it's just awesome to have a place where these girls and also the troops, you know, for boys to learn the truth of God's word and the truth because there's so many lies out there and it's just very confusing for kids. So it is so good to have something wholesome like this for them to learn, you know, what is really true and who, who God is and be able to draw closer to him and know him um, personally is so important, Patty. And so tell us a little bit too about your book, Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle. I love that title. This book I didn't want to write. I don't know many people that want to write books except for people that are really good <laughs> at it. But anyway, I, I I did not want to write this. I definitely felt the Lord calling me to write it down. He he kept showing me Psalm 78, 6. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. He wanted me to write this journey down, I believe, to glorify him. So this book is a glorification for the Lord. It is a a life that is given to him wholly. And then I am encouraging women like me, broken vessels, broken women, 
to take that step of faith, say yes to the Lord, forget about feeling if you're good enough or you know how to do things enough or any of those. Those are just excuses, Doris. We've got to quit complaining about all the things that we don't have and celebrate the things that we do. And the Lord has gifted each and every one of your listeners with special gifts to do something really great in his name. And and this story is just a testimony to his faithfulness. It's a testimony to crazy who would think I I still can't believe that my life is my life right now, that that um, the Lord has done this and and, and come around and, and been faithful and how can you not claim his glory when you've lived a life like that, you know? So it, it's, a, it's a fun story. I think everybody will relate. It's an easy read. Um, it is Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle. This was something my disabled father said to me in his bed in his nursing home when he um, he said to me, why, why curse the darkness when you can light a candle? He said, start something new. And it was my earthly father combined with my heavenly father saying, you can do this. And um, that was the encouragement I needed just to move forward and and to do this work. So this has been a blessing for sure. Yeah, that is so inspiring. And thank you so much for that reminder and confirmation, because it is my heart for Fierce Calling to encourage women to step out of their doubt and regardless of where they've been or what they've done or what's been done to them in their life, that God still can send his, his plan and for his glory and for our good even, and to, you know, be able to use the gifts that he has given us to impact the world for Christ. And Patty, you sure are doing that. It, it is so encouraging too. And our little ones are so precious. And this is just so amazing. And I love this ministry so much. And so how can the listener connect with you, Patty, and grab your book and find out all the things that you were talking about? I know you shared the website. So maybe um, American Heritage Girls, maybe share that again, and then how they can connect with you as well. Right. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is our website. And you'll see on that website, um, you can find a troop in your area. You just put your city and state in there and it'll show you all the troops in your area and how long I take you to get there. And then also how to start a troop is there as well. And then we've got an area that says blog. And that's where the Raising Godly Girls minutes reside, as well as blogs about what the scriptural antidotes are to these issues and how to talk to your girl about these issues. And also some of our program alliances. We've got some amazing friends in ministry uh, that help us with with, um, navigating important discussions. Of course, we rely on the church where they are using the American Heritage Girl program and ministry to help with some of these issues. But also, it's great to have these national resources too, to be able to, to do that. And also, if you're interested in the book, whycursethedarkness.com is where you can get the book. Or of course, it's on um, Amazon, Barnes and, you know, wherever you buy your books, um, you can receive that. It's whycursethedarkness.com. And that is um, Patty Garibay in whycursethedarkness.com. So visit us at americanheritagegirls.org. Nice. Yeah. And I hope that this really inspired and encouraged and challenged the listener today. Whoever it is that's listening, it's not by accident. You know, God had you listening to this particular episode for a reason. And it may be something that he's calling you to do. It may be something that he's calling you to walk beside someone else who he's calling to, you know, rise up one of these 
troops in their church or get kids involved in a troop that's already active. So, um, and grab Patty's book because I think it's so encouraging. And especially at such a time as this, people really are seeing so much darkness and it can be so overwhelming. But I was just reading in Isaiah this morning how exciting that we can also be overwhelmed with gladness and joy. And so that's what we want Mm. to share that hope with the world that, you know, God is still in control. He's still on the throne. He's sovereign and he has a plan. And, you know, all of these lies from the enemy are no surprise to him, you know, all of this identity attacking and all of that. So I am so glad that we had this conversation today. Well, I'm glad to be with you, Doris. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such a joy and a pleasure, and I hope to have you on again sometime. That sounds great. It'd be a pleasure. (laughs) All right, friend. Well, thank you so much, and keep doing what you're doing in your fierce calling, and we will talk soon. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Wasn't that so, so good? And what a powerful message Hattie brought today. I love the whole heart behind American Heritage Girls, And it is so much bigger than talking about an organization because when we think about it, the big picture is why was Patty called in the first place to start American Heritage Girls with those mamas around that table that day that got fierce? Well, Patty said it best. This quote came straight from her in the show. When you kick God out of a program, you know, secular humanism is right around the corner. And friends, we need to be so aware and attuned to the fact that the enemy is trying to get God out of everything. And our country was founded on Christian values and biblical truth. And it's being diluted by the lies of the enemy. Our very identities are being attacked. And we need to take a stand. We need to take a stand when we know in our hearts and in our spirits, something is not okay here. And say no. We can take a stand by not standing for those things that don't stand for God. And we can do that in unity together. And we're not alone. Nope. And we need to encourage each other and lift each other up. So friends, I hope you'll check out the show notes. If you're interested in finding out more about American Heritage Girls and maybe getting involved in the program in some way. Yeah, this was a powerful, powerful message today. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman or two who are taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend. Have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.